Well, hello again, listeners. This is Jamie L's Pause Face. I want to thank each and every one of you guys for tuning in um, to this EP, new EP. I appreciate all you guys' support out there. I hope you guys had a really great week. And I'm um, coming to you with another episode, a new episode. Uh, we're not um, going to be continuing in the series of the Fruits of the Spirit. We'll do that next week. Um, I've just been so busy, but I, guys, I probably have to start um, doing like the episodes every two weeks on Sunday instead of every week. But um, I'm going to try to do it as much as I can. You know, sometimes we think we could just take on the world and do everything, but really we can't because we're, we, we just not got, we're not God. So we can't do that. (laughs) I don't think it's anything wrong with having goals and just wanting to like, you know, attain them and everything. But, um, God should always be first. (laughs) Amen. So, okay, guys, let's jump right on into prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, um, I thank you, Father, for um, this wonderful day, Lord. I thank you for this message that you put on my heart to share with all the listeners out there, Father. Um, I thank you, Father, for paying so close attention to detail to every part of my life, Lord. Um, Even when we stumble, even when we um, feel like you're far away from us, you're really not. You're right there with us, Father. I pray, Father, that this new year would be um, that uh, I pray a blessing on the uh, listeners and that this new year Lord you will bless them in a way that they never have Lord I pray Father that they would have their own personal experience with you Lord and so that they can come to um, put their trust in you as their Lord and Savior and um, I just pray that uh, you'll help me to continue to be consistent um, and um, delivering this message Lord because it's about you it's not about me and um, I just want them to experience this divine unfailing abundant love that you give us Father um, I pray in Jesus name Amen Okay, guys, so this message is going to be, I read the story. Well, first I read the Daily Bread. It was in the Daily Bread earlier this week. And um, I just thought it would really be a really good message. You know, I mean, because um, like myself, um, you know, we fall short every single day. But uh, God, he picks us back up and um, it's it's inspired, you know, basically on that on that note, um, because it's so many people in the word of God that, um, you know, that just despise God. They despise Christians. They despise the teachings. But God's is ever graceful mercy, his abundant mercy, his grace and his compassions, which fail not on um, all of them, which just. It just shows the very character of who he is. So this story, um, we're going to be moving around a little bit. Um, Like I said, guys, I'm really working on (laughs) having more structure um, in this. So I try to, I kind of like divided uh, like my page, like the scriptures. I just told you guys everything, don't I? (laughs) Okay, so um, this is going to be called Without God, We're in Turmoil. 
Okay, so turmoil means, when I looked it up, a state of great disturbance, confusion, or uncertainty. That's what turmoil means. So um, I always thought it meant just trouble, but I guess like if you sum up, break down trouble, it would mean disturbance, confusion, or uncertainty. And that, my friends, don't sound like it comes from God. That sounds like it comes from the enemy because he is the author of confusion, of deception, and of just disturbing the peace that God wants to give us. So um, let's go. We're going to um, start in. Wait a minute. We're going to start in 2 Kings. Chapter 21, if you guys have your Bibles. Second Kings chapter 21. Okay. So um <clears throat> I say Manasseh, but um I think it may be Manasseh, but I say Manasseh because it just sounds like it. So Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king can you imagine a 12 year old becoming a king and he reigned for 55 years in jerusalem his mother's name was hephizabah i guess in those uh days you know um it was appropriate to um you know crown a 12 year old to be king <laughs> i think they do that too like in another um what is it like Jewish culture? Like when they, um, a 12 year old, they have like a little ceremony where he becomes a man at 12. I don't know. But, um, okay, verse 2 it says, And he did evil in the sight of the Lord according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord has cast out before the children of Israel. For he rebuilt the high places which Hezekiah his father had destroyed. He raised up altars for Baal. For Baal, and um, Baal is basically just like demonic idol, you know, that's what uh, Baal is. I'll give you guys a deeper briefing of that um, in another series because it's, uh, this word is always, it's, a, it's in the word like repeatedly, so we'll delve more into what that is and the history of it. And um, up altars for Baal and made a wooden image as Ahab king of Israel had done. And he worshiped all the hosts of heaven and served them. He also built altars in the house of the Lord, of which the Lord has said, in Jerusalem, I will put my name. So right now you can see that Manasseh is really going against the Lord God. God chose Jerusalem. Um you know, to put his name in and to, you know, basically say, this is my chosen place. And basically Manasseh is uh, basically profaning it, you know, just cursing it. Basically everything what God has said. Verse five says, and he built altars for all the hosts of heaven and the two courts of the house of the Lord. Also, he made his son pass through the fire, practice soothsaying, use witchcraft and consulted spiritists and mediums. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke God to anger. <clears throat> so he definitely knew better. But um, I just want to read a scripture on that verse, particularly um, what God has to say about that. 
Just a second. Okay, it says in Isaiah 8, um, verses 19 through 21. And when they say to you, seek those who are mediums and wizards and who whisper, whisper and mutter, should not a people seek their God? Should they seek the dead on behalf of the living to the law and to the testimony? If they do not speak according to the word of God, it is because there is no light in them. They will pass through it hard pressed and hungry and it shall happen when they are hungry that they will be enraged and curse their king and their God and look upward. This is Isaiah um, 8 uh, verses 19 through 21. So God is saying that uh, these spiritists, the same thing that uh, Manasseh is doing, these spiritists, these uh, psychics that you ever, you know, have you guys ever heard like the... Um, psychic hotlines that they have or the places that you go to here and you can do like tarot readings those things are demon worship to god and god is saying why are you going to them when they basically trying to summon up evil they're summoning up evil um because there's no such thing as uh you know trying to bring back the dead because god said that um from the dust i made you and um, when you die, you'll return back to your dust. And he said that you'll go to the ground and your your spirit will go back to the God that gave it. So and the play, the, the body and the spirit will never know its house ever again. So that means that there is no reincarnation. There is no uh, re um, reincarnation. There's nobody, you know, come back to life again. Once your life, God gives us one glorious life, wonderful life. And that is that. Okay. And, um, that's what Manasseh was doing. You know, he's seeking, you know, so if you can't seek people and you know that the dead doesn't come back alive. So the only thing that you are doing is you're summoning up demons. And, um, that's what Manasseh was doing. And um, that's that's once again, you know, turmoil. That's what the what what Satan does. He deceives. You know, he causes lots of confusion, and he makes us uh, believe that that's what we're doing. But you know, God is telling us specifically: should they seek the dead on behalf of the living? Um, you know, so he he wants us he wants us to come to him, you know, and to pray to him with with certain different things you know and with all things not just certain things with all things <laughs> he said if they don't speak according to the word is because there's no light in them they will pass through it hard pressed and hungry so that means you know they'll be thirsty they'll be still trying to seek answers to the questions that they haven't you know gotten answered yet and they'll still be empty but when they are not uh when they're at their lowest that's when uh you know They'll come to God and they'll look upward and they'll wonder, okay, well, Lord, I haven't tried you yet. You yet. And the good thing is, okay, well, I'm, I'm kind of jumping, jumping the gun. Okay, so um, verse 7. He even set a carved image of Asherah that he had made in the, in the house of which the Lord had, had said to David and to Solomon his son. In this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever. 
and I will not make the feet of Israel wander any more from the land which I gave their fathers. And if they are careful to do according to that, to all that I have commanded them, and according to all the law, to all the law that my servant Moses commanded them. But they paid no attention, and Manasseh seduced them to do more evil than the nations whom the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. And the Lord spoke by his servants, the prophets, saying, Because Manasseh, king of Judah, has done these abominations, he has acted more wickedly than all the Amorites who were before him, and has also made Judah sin with idols. So he not only has, um, you know, he profaned the Lord's name and he's creating all these uh, carved images as their gods and all the things, but he is the king. So he's in a, a leadership role. So the people are following after Manasseh and they're doing the same things. So, you know, the Lord is like extremely like upset about that. 12 it says therefore thus says the Lord God of Israel behold I am bringing such calamity upon Jerusalem and Judah that whoever hears of it both his ears will tingle and I will stretch over Jerusalem the measuring line of Samaria and the plummet of the house of Ahab I will wipe Jerusalem as one wipes a dish wiping it and turning it upside down that doesn't sound good. That sounds like Lord's going to come and tear some stuff up. <laughs> Turn the entire whole entire uh, city of Jerusalem and Samaria because of all of this this sin. I mean, you think of like uh, Sodom, um, Sod Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, that was a sinful place too. They were just given into just their flesh completely when God destroyed uh, that city, that evil city, you know, with fire um, because of it was just so much sin. God is pure. You know, he can't uh, deal with that much, you know, any sin at all. 14 says, so I will abandon the remnants of my inheritance and deliver them into the hand of their enemies and they shall become victims of plunder to all their enemies because they have done evil in my sight and have provoked me to anger since the day their fathers came out of Egypt, even to this day. Now, right here, um, he's talking about um, the children of Israel, he, he delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt to Pharaoh and, you know, was just really mistreated really badly. And God uh, chose them to, um, you know, reveal himself to his power to. And um, once they start traveling, they were going to go to the promised land. Once they start traveling, they, they forgot all of these miracles and uh things that God has did for them, like, uh, just literally like God was there and right in front of them. And they, because of their blind heart, they didn't see it. And so they had to go to the wilderness and they stayed in the wilderness. That was punishment for, for God. Cause God, he gives, of course he, he's, he gives, he's a, he's a right, just righteous justice filled God. So when things go wrong, he, he gives justice for that. And then he also gives mercy that follows after it. So he's judgment and then mercy. You know, so for them, they had to go to the wilderness. And it took them 40 years to to get out of the wilderness, to get to the promised land. You know, they were very ungrateful. 
They murmured under their breath. God protected them in the cloud by night. Uh, he giving them a light so they can see. He giving them manna. He even giving them some of the, the meats and stuff that they had in Egypt, you know, and um, they continue to just to grumble under their breath at him. And God, you know, struck down half of them. He killed half of them. But um, we're going to go to that story a little bit because um, it just touches more on God's mercy. A story in that where God was merciful for them. But the same is happening here in Manasseh, you know, um, verse 15. Because they have done evil in my sight and have provoked me to anger since the day their fathers came out of Egypt, even unto this day. So moreover, Manasseh shed very much innocent blood. So Manasseh have ki killed innocent people since he had filled Jerusalem from one end to another besides his sin, by which he made Judah sin in doing evil in the sight of the Lord. Now the rest of the acts of Manasseh, all that he had did and the sin that he committed, are they not written in the books? Okay, so now let's go to Second Chronicles 33. Second Chronicles, it's a few chapters over from Second Kings. This is where they always talk about... Um, Okay, so Second Chronicles chapter 33. This is basically the same story, but it's just touching a little bit more. But I want to really touch on um, that scripture um, that I just had before I forget. <laughs> Hold on just a second. Okay, let's just continue, guys. I'm not sure where I was going with that, but let's go to Second Chronicles uh, chapter 33. Okay, um, it says, Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king and reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. That's a long time. So from 12 years old to 55, he was like probably like 75, 80 years old when he, by the time he, uh, he finished reigning you know so yeah so we're gonna jump down to verse 7 let's start at verse 7 he even set a carved carve image the idol which he had made in the house of God of which God has said to Jake to David and to Solomon his son in this house and in Jerusalem which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel I will put my name on it forever and I will not again remove the foot of Israel from the land which I have appointed for your fathers only if they are careful to do all that I have commanded them according to the whole law and the statutes and ordinances ordinances by the hand of Moses. So Manasseh seduced Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to do more evil than the nations which the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. And the Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people. So you notice in let's go back, put our thumb and um at second Second um, Kings verse twenty, um, chapter twenty-one. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that the Lord spoke to Manasseh 
and his people, but they would not listen. It actually says, let's go there really fast, let's go back. So in this one, it just says that, but they paid no attention and Manasseh seduced them to do more evil than the nations which the Lord has destroyed before the children of Israel. And the Lord spoke by his servants, the prophets, saying, because Manasseh king, so we see here is saying that God spoke through the prophets. And here God is saying in verse 10, of chapter 33 is saying and the Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people but they would not listen so God spoke through the prophets it is customary you know Lord used the prophets in order to reveal messages like to people you know to um, just like Elijah Elijah was one of really one of the famous God-fearing prophets um, of his time so God not only spoke to the prophets, he spoke to Manasseh's people, and he spoke to Manasseh himself, and he still ignored him. He would not listen. Verse 11 says, Therefore the Lord brought upon them the captains of the army of the king of Assyria. And Assyria, I don't know a lot about Assyria, but I know they are notorious for their armies, for, for their uh, weapons, and just taking people out. <laughs> so it says, who took Manasseh with hooks, who took Manasseh out of Jerusalem with hooks, bound him with bronze fetters, and carried him off to Babylon. Let's go to Deuteronomy 28.36. Twenty-eight thirty-six. Okay, twenty-eight thirty-six says, "The Lord will bring you and the king whom you set over you to a nation which neither you nor your fathers had known, and there you shall serve other gods, wood and stone." Okay, I don't think that really. revealed much what I wanted to take out of it okay so let's just continue reading um, it said verse 12 it says now when he was in affliction he implored the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly because the God humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers and prayed to God and he received the entreaty or humble request heard his supplication and brought him back to Jerusalem and God brought him back to Jerusalem into his kingdom then Manasseh knew that the Lord was God verse 14 after this he rebuilt the wall out of the city of David okay let's just stop there 
that is that is what I really wanted to. I mean, we'll read the we're going to read the the rest and we're going to go to uh, Jeremiah 15 for it just a sec. But I just really want to just really this is the whole point of the book right here that I wanted to get at Manasseh was a sinner like one of the greatest sinners of his time he's he killed innocent blood you know he was uh into idolatry he was uh he cursed you know the lord he ignored god but um it took god allowing this of pain and this affliction these people to come in here you know all of this turmoil and, and things like that for for Manasseh to see that, man, like I need, I can't do this on my own. I can't fight this army by myself. Like I need the Lord to fight for me. You know, I need God to fight for me. And he prayed on his knees earnestly. He prayed on his knees earnestly. And God, of course, being the God that he is, a merciful, compassionate God, he was right there along with Manasseh the entire time. Like I said, he said, he spoke to Manasseh. So God spoke to Manasseh. And you know, he still didn't listen, but it took having him to go through the, the to through these things in order for God to for him to go through these things in order for him to see that he needed God and that man, I didn't know that I was in this much sin. I didn't know that you know what I mean? And God you know, he, he delivered him once again. It's verse 14, it says, after this, he built a wall and wall outside of the city of David on the west side of Gihon, Gihon in the valley, as far as the entrance of the fish gate. And it enclosed Ophel and he raised it to a very great height. Then he put military captains in all the fortified cities of Judah. So he's putting people there to watch the city of Ju Judah so just you know anybody won't come in there trying to attack attack them and things like that he took away the foreign gods and the idol from the house of the Lord and all the altars that he had built in the mount of of the house of the Lord and in Jerusalem and he cast them out of the city he also repelled the altar of the Lord, sacrificed peace offerings and thank offerings on it, and commanded Judah to serve the Lord God of Israel. Verse 17. Nevertheless, the people still sacrifice on the high places, but only to the Lord their God. Now the rest of the acts of Manasseh, his prayer to his God and the words of the seers who spoke to him in the name of the Lord God of Israel. Indeed, they are all written in the book of the kings of Israel. Also, his prayer and how God received his treaty and all his sin and trespasses and the sites where he built high places and set up wooden images and carved images before he was humbled. Indeed, they are written among the sayings of Hosea. So Manasseh rested with his fathers and they buried him in, the, in his own house. Then his son Ammon reigned in his place. Ammon was 22 years old when he became king and he reigned for only two years in Jerusalem. But, Man, but Ammon did evil in the sight of the Lord and his father Manasseh as his father Manasseh had done for Ammon sacrificed to all the carved images which his, which his father Manasseh had made and served them 
And he did not humble himself before the Lord God as his father Manasseh had humbled himself. But Ammon trespassed even more and more. Then his servants conspired against him and killed him in his own house. But the people of the land executed all those who had conspired against King Ammon. Then the people of the land made his son Josiah king in his place. Okay, so you know, the whole that's the whole point that I'm trying to make. There is no... Let's, first of all, let's just backtrack. Not backtrack. Let's go to um, Jeremiah 15, 4. It's right after Isaiah. Before Ezekiel. I mean, before Lamentations. Chapter 15, verse 4. It says, I will hand them over to trouble to all kingdoms of the earth because of Manasseh, the son of Hezekiah, king of, king of Judah, for what he did in Jerusalem. For who will have pity on you, O Jerusalem? Or who will bemoan you? Or who will turn aside and ask, how are you doing? You have abandoned me, says the Lord. You have gone backward. Therefore, I will stretch out my hand against you and destroy you. I am weary of relenting. And I will winnow them with a winnowing fan in the gates of the land. I will bereave them of children. I will destroy my people since they do not return from their ways. Their widows will be increased to me more than in the sand of the sea. Their widows will be increased to me more than the sand of the seas. I will bring against them, against the mother of the young men, a plunderer at noonday. I will cause anguish and terror to fall on them suddenly. I'm just reading down uh, to chapter 8 of um, verse 15. Okay, let's go back to Second Chronicles. 33 <clears throat> okay so we see here you know god like he's a merciful god um I don't, it, it, even in other stories like we were talking about earlier with um uh what was i saying was i saying with saul oh no the children of israel you know god had compassion on them and the same with king saul i mean not king saul same with uh, Saul, his name is Paul, but he, after he became a believer, his name is Saul. Um, Saul, he, he was, a um, a persecutor of the church or the first Christian church. He hated Christians. He hated anything to have to do with God. He, um, went to houses person personally to houses looking for people that believed in God. Um, he, um, wanted to, he took them to prison. He just was just a big you know, um, advocator for, uh, just how much hatred he had for God. But when he had a divine meeting with God, he was walking one day and he had a divine meeting and, um, God asked him, why was he persecuting him? And, um, he became to new God itself. Cause you know, you see God is like that. God is so mighty. Even the people that are against him, he can still work those things out for his good regardless. You know, just like, um, Pharaoh in Egypt, he was, um, the king of Egypt and, um, 
Moses was the advocate for the, for the slaves. The, the children of Israel were slaves at the time. And uh, Pharaoh had the hardest heart ever. And um, he, he, I don't care how many miracles that God performed in front of him, Pharaoh would not budge. He, he did not care. Nothing feared him. He just didn't care. All he cared about was you know making sure he has his maintain his pride and um you know you think about that it's like god used him god he can change our heart he can turn us around he can change our skin tone he can do whatever he wants to us and not just because i'm i'm, I'm naming it just because of his power but i'm just saying in fear reverence it's because he's god so even though god gives us free will to choose whether or not we want to serve him or whatnot even though he has the ability to change our heart he gives us free will to choose whether we want to serve him or not and that's the same thing that he did with the children of israel when they were in the wilderness it's the same thing he did with saul you know but saul he accepted jesus god used saul in order for him to become one of the greatest disciples apostles of of his time and um you know so god can work all things according to his will anything he chooses he can do that so let's go to um we're gonna go to one of the greatest scriptures that i like to go to not scriptures but the greatest like book in here where i can think of that just it just shows just how much we need god and it, this person david <laughs> i was just putting a little too much mystery in that but david um he um he was one of them he he was very humble and he recognized his need so i have a few scriptures dedicated to um to uh david Okay, so let's go to um, one of the earliest ones. Okay, let's go to Numbers 21, 4 through 9. This is where I was talking about earlier. I said we we're going to talk about, about um, the children of Israel. Um, with the bronze snakes, how God showed mercy to them. Numbers 20, chapter 21, verses 4 through 9. Okay. Okay, so we're in Numbers chapter um, 21, verses 4. It says, Then they journeyed from then the um they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom, and the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. We're talking about the children of Israel. And the people spoke against God and against Moses, saying, Why have you brought us up here? 
Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and our soul loathes this worthless bread. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and many of the people of Israel died. Because the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned. Therefore, I'm sorry, therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you, against the the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that God may take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent. So I'm I'm guessing the serpent has the snake has fire all around it and set it on a pole and it shall be that the people who is bitten and it shall be that everyone who is bitten when he looks at it shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole. And so it was if a serpent had bitten anyone any when when he looked at the bronze serpent he lived now the children of israel moved on and camped to aboth and they journeyed from the aboth and camped at Abarim and to the wilderness which is east of moab towards the sunrise so um we see there you know even though let's go to really really fast because i would love to know myself <laughs> john 3 14 and 15 okay so um the only way to really best describe like this miracle is if we go to john 3 verses 14 and 15 and it says that as moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness even so must the son of man jesus be lifted up that whoever believes in god whoever believes in jesus shall not die but have eternal life and then it goes on, which is my favorite scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So I guess it's um, symbolic of, 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 of Moses put, pulling, putting this bronze, picking up this snake and putting this bronze snake on a pole um, so that when people see it, that they can it'd be a replicate of the the death of Jesus suffered and his resurrection over to life so they lived after that and it says at the bronze serpents and he lived so yeah it just shows once again even though the Lord was was angry with them he he gave them judgment but then after judgment or whatever he released them from that because he's a righteous judge as I was saying earlier um, but he always has his his mercy endures forever he is his compassions fail fell us not um, God doesn't want any of us to to have to um, die and to have to just experience um, you know prediction he doesn't want he want all of us to come to us but sometimes you know God he, he has righteous anger he is righteously upset you know, and I think, like I said, I think that's why a lot of people confuse the Lord because they say, oh, God, all of these rules and he all of these judgments and he does all of this and everything. But he he that's just his character. That's who he is. You know, he there's no um, injustification in him. 
um but he, like i said he just loves us so much and we're made in his image and he just wants us to um just love him and to not um you know seek after other things or complain when he's just been so good to us like the children of israel so thank God for the word that we have these wonderful stories that we can look into and we can learn from them. Amen. Okay, so I want to read, um, like I was saying, we're going to go to Psalm. David is one of the greatest. I mean, there is a lot of. And David, he, like I said, he was a man, you know, just like Saul, just like the children of Israel. He had his, he was really righteous and he uh, believed in the Lord. He defeated uh, Goliath, which is a giant. And then he had his own uh, desire and sin he had to bear when he uh, desired Bathsheba. And after he desired Bathsheba, he had in his heart to take her away from her, her husband Uriah then he plotted to kill Uriah and he committed adultery by sleeping with Bathsheba and he had to deal with the consequences of that you know that Bathsheba had a baby and the Lord he prayed to the Lord and the Lord spoke to him and said you know this baby's not gonna live and that was the punishment that was the uh, justice that God you know, had, had given him, you know, because like I said, judgment and then mercy, but then God spared his life. So, um, you know, he's one of those gods and God still, he, you know, he um, still loved David, just like God loves Saul, just like God loves me and you when we fall short, when we sin, you know, he's not just looking at that. He wants us to repent though, just like Manasseh, Manasseh, he had to, he went through the fire. He had to go through through some things, even though God spoke to him. He still ignored him and still served, uh, you know, um, gods and foreign gods and carved images and all of these things like that. I think if God spoke to me and told me, you know, not to do something, you know, I would I would listen. But you know, if your heart is in a hardest state like that like his was you know and and knowing that satan like i say he's the author of confusion he you know changes things and makes us uh doubt certain certain things you know it, it was it was the case for him but uh he god knows his heart like i said man looks at our heart but god man looks at the outward appearance but god looks at our heart and um god saw how earnest and how um fervent um, Manasseh prayed to him just like God saw the same thing for the children of Israel and um, he never he never forces himself on them to to believe in him but he he does look at their heart and he sees our heart condition how much we need him, how much he we need a savior and things like that and because um, he's so he's a good God like that so one of my favorite scriptures to go to in David it is Psalm 51. Let's go to Psalm 51. So yeah, Psalm 51, um, David, 
Um, we're just going to read from the top, um, starting verse one. It says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me against you. You only Lord have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and righteous and blameless when you judge behold I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me behold you desire truth in the inward parts it means like his spirit his heart and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom purge me with hyssop hyssop is like a, a healing mint loaf that they use in that time and um, I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquity. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and behold me by your generous spirit okay so let's go to psalms 27 9 so david was definitely earnest when he was praying to the lord uh he was suffering after nathan when nathan was a prophet at the time and nathan went to speak to him and tell him you know about these things what god was going to do so god didn't speak to him you know he sent the prophet to, to um to talk to da uh, david about his sin and things like that so god was very upset he didn't even speak to david you know and david was uh one of the people at the time that was righteous and followed after the lord and um things like that so let's go to psalm 27 9 it says, do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. Lord, you have been my help. Do not abandon me or do not leave me nor forsake me. O God of my salvation, when my father and my mother abandon me, then the Lord will take care of me. Okay, let's jump over to Psalm 32, 1 through 11. Let's see, we have time. This is also a Psalm of David. Um, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long for day and night. Your hand was heavy upon me. O Lord, my vitality was turned into the drought of summer. But I acknowledge my sin to you, O Lord, and my iniquity I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave my iniquity of my sin. For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you in, in a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters, they shall not come near him you shall maintain me from trouble you shall surround me with songs of deliverance i will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go i will guide you with my eye my loving eye do not be like the horse or like the mute mule 
which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with a bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. Many sorrows shall be shall be to the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord mercy shall surround him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all you who are upright heart. So these psalms were like prayers that David gave to the Lord. You notice in all of these stories, they were prayerful. You know, they were earnest in heart. They were sincere. You know, they came to God. They laid their petitions out on the altar and said, Lord, I need you. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm a sinner. I'm a wretched man. You know, they, um, they, and God instantly forgave them, you know? Okay, let's go to Ezekiel 33:11. This goes back to what I was just saying earlier. Um, uh, when I say God doesn't want any of us to die. It says, say to them, as I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked will turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways. For why should you die, O house of Israel? Therefore you, O son of man, say to the children of your people, The righteousness of the righteous shall not devour him in the day of his transgression. As for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall because of it in the day that he turns from his wickedness. Nor shall the righteous be able to live because of his righteousness in the day that he sins. When I say to the righteous that he shall surely live, but he turns his own righteousness. Yeah, so God doesn't want any of us to sin, even though we are wretched sinners. And you can, it can be someone just like in today's modern world. And they be like, oh, I'm unsavable. You know, I've done this. I'm in prison. I've, I've killed people. I've murdered people. I've stolen. I've lied. You know, none of that is, 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 is enough for God to not deliver you from, you know, I don't care what you've experienced. God is so big, you know, he's greater than our hearts. He's greater than our sins. You know, just like Jesus, Jesus is greater than those things. That's why his blood, it took his blood to die on the cross for us in order to save the entire humanity from our sins. Okay. So those little things that that um, we feel like, you know, makes us unlovable or makes us feel like God won't, you know, God won't um, forgive us when he does. He, he, he just wants us to fervently and, and to really come to him humbly and pray to him um, and to ask for forgiveness of those sins. Because like I said, he's a righteous God. He can't deal with sin. But like I said, he knows our hearts as well. And he... Um, He's the God of our salvation and um, the salvation is given to anyone that that calls on him and with a fervent heart and ask him for um, for help. You know, he is a God that we can we can come to for help. He is our fortress. He is our strong tower. And uh, just know that that is the enemy. He's trying to make you uh, doubt God, the love of God. And he's trying to make you uh, feel like, you know, you're unlovable. But God is so full of love and he just. He, he just want, he'll meet you halfway there. Like, you know, okay, Lord, I'm doing it. Oh, God is like, I'm already on it. <laughs> I'm there with you. And, um, you know, so there's no sin uh, that's too great for God to forgive and to restore you back to himself. Okay, really fast. We're going to go to a couple more scriptures. Okay, Jeremiah 31, 
verse 3 through 4 says the Lord has appeared of old to me saying yes I have loved you with an everlasting love therefore with loving kindness I have drawn you again I will I shall build you and you shall be rebuilt O virgin of Israel so God he he rebuilds us he'll definitely uh, restore to us like I said again another scripture really fast Psalm 94, this is David again, verses 17 through 19. It says, unless the Lord had been my help, my soul would have soon settled in silence. If I say my foot slips, your mercy, O Lord, will hold me up. In the multitude of my anxieties within me, your comforts delight my soul. Psalm 119, 71, it says, it is good for me that I have been afflicted, Lord, that I may learn your statutes. And then um, Acts 26, 18 says to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance in heaven among those who are set apart by faith in Christ. So God is light. You know, when we're sinners, when we hold on that unrepentant sin and you know that that's means that we're in darkness and God wants to cover over those sins he doesn't want us to be bound by those things but it's by the power of God that we are saved it's by the power of God that forgives our iniquities not like I said nothing that we have done but by his grace all we have to do is repent confess and accept this free gift really really fast the last scripture and this has really gotten me through so much is psalm 143 this is another one of david psalm 143 verses 5 it says i remember the days of old i meditate on all your works i muse on the work of your hands i spread out my hands to you O lord my soul longs for you like a thirsty land selah verse 7 answer me quickly O oh Lord, my spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, unless I be like those who go down into the pit. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for into you only, Lord, do I trust. Cause me to know the way which I should walk, for I lift up my soul to you. Deliver me, O oh Lord, from my enemies, and you I take shelter. Teach me to do your will. For you are my God, your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Revive me, O God, for your name's sake, for your righteousness' sake. Bring my soul out of trouble. In your mercy, cut off my enemies and destroy all those who afflict my soul. For I am your servant. That's my favorite, one of my favorite ones, guys. You know, so God is so merciful. He loves us. You know, he wants us. We some sometimes we experience certain things and we feel like he's far from us but really he's so close to us we just we just can't we just don't know it because we're experiencing whatever it is we're experiencing at that time but we have to remember that God is spirit you know he he's not flesh and and you know like we are you know we're truly spirit as well we just have this body but um he's there and he loves you so much you know so Guys, let's just have a word of prayer. 
Um, gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you, Father, for this message that you put on my heart, Lord. I pray, Father, that this is encouraging to the people that are listening, Lord, of just how merciful and gracious you really are, Father. How you don't hold all of our sins against us, but you would prefer, Father, that we would come to you humbly, Lord, and, and lay all of our sins on the altar, Father, so we can be restored to you, so that our souls won't be tortured, Father, and that we would be um, in peace and, and, and joy and, and serenity, Father, in your presence, Father. I pray, Lord, that um, for maybe the people that aren't believers, Lord, and they're probably stumbled this week or they probably feel like a terrible person right now. Only you know the specifics, Father. But I pray, Lord, that they'll be encouraged to know that um, in this fallen world, we'll always continue to fall. We'll always continue to be sinners. But Thank God for your son, Jesus Christ, and the blood that he shed on the cross for the remissions of our sins so that we won't have to experience prediction, Father. I pray, Father, that they will receive this free gift that you offer in Jesus' name and the forgiveness of my sins. Amen. Okay, guys, I'll be on next week, Lord's willing. I pray you guys have a great night. Um, be safe this week. God bless.